Welcome to the podcast, Eye for Talent, the show where we've got an eye for talent. I'm your host, Dylan, aka DJ Serial Sauce. I'm a YouTube content creator, Twitch streamer, producer, freelance writer, potentially soon to be, voice actor, potentially soon to be. Um, what else? A couple of other things. It doesn't matter. This isn't about me. Uh, and joining me is uh, Shells, aka Golden Relic, with two eyes. Um, I don't know where the two eyes came from. I guess his golden relic was already taken, but maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, to keep it short and blunt with all y'all, uh, they are a costume maker. That's it. Well, okay, hold on. Now I sound like a dick when I say it like that. Wait, hold on. <laughs> so they <laughs> makes it sound like I'm like, they know exactly one thing and that is all you get from them. Um, but no, that's kind of just the main shtick. Um, so I mean, really, we're kind of just here to, as I mentioned to you right before this, we're kind of just here to delve into what I have deemed to be kind of the business side of it. Because if I can be totally blunt, once again, I do not know uh, shit about costume making at all, um, especially not within the the realm that you operate in. Because the realm that I operate in is like Spider-Man costumes. Like if I can move my camera, the people aren't going to see them, but they're back there in the corner. Um, I have a couple of those because that's just the, the sphere that I operate in. So it'll be a very good time to just kind of learn about, um, sort of where you operate in. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I have been doing this since, oh my gosh, uh, 2010. I had to count. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so it's been 13 year years. 13. Yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah, give or take a couple years of being in high school and saying, hey, go make stuff for the play. Go go make stuff for the haunted house. So. Wait, hold on. Okay. That, <laughs> hold on. Wait. Because <laughs> normally, so people who have listened to the show before, they usually my first question is like, how did you get started doing the thing? Oh, Jesus. Excuse me. Is your start making costumes for high school plays? Is that what you were doing? <laughs> Um, kind of, sorta. I grew up in a rural area, and my mom was a no. My mom uh, has a degree in drama and theater, so she did a lot of like costuming uh, in theater. And then um, my grandmother is a home ec teacher, and I was a 4-H kid, and that's where it all started. Uh, but just in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, on a little farm, um, making pillowcases <laughs> and stuff for 4-H, and helping with like Halloween costumes in the haunted house that um, my like my family helps run every year. So that, okay. That is infinitely cooler than making costumes for a play. Like, I mean, like I was also forced into that, but at the same time, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that also happened. And now sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to make the haunted house costumes. I want to make pink sparkly things. I don't want to make scary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my brain until um, 2008. Whenever I stumbled across the yield deviant art, and saw um the first cosplayer i think i've ever seen was like pikmin link which is like throwing it back and they would cosplay all these amazing legend of zelda stuff and then it went straight to cosplay brain went straight to cosplay nothing else didn't want to do anything else um just wanted to cosplay <laughs> i'm sorry the way that you so you were very clearly saying this is a throwback to this person on DeviantArt who was doing this you said you said throwing back and i was like i was like why do you mean to throwing it back in 2008 oh, my brain is in shambles because I was a, how old was I? I don't know how old I was. I was like a, I was like a middle. No, I was in high school. I was like fifteen or sixteen, and then I discovered Deviant Art, and it was like, oh, you can dress up as a video game character. I want to do that. I don't want to deal with stuff for high school. I just want to dress as a video game dude. That's that's a respectable goal that I I like. Um, 
at some point I was like, how cool would it be if I was able to like, because uh, <clears throat> like I'm not a cosplay person, but I think I have a, a heavy hyper fixation on Spider-Man as a character. And so I was like, what if I could just like do that just to make people happy? That's not happening. So I respect <laughs> that. I just hope that you, am I going to sound like a dick if I say this? Maybe. I hope you had the self-respect to know maybe I shouldn't go do that at a public high school. <laughs> Um, no, it was like, I, I very much was like afraid to wear my Kingdom Hearts shirts at school. So oh, it was, <laughs> you're like, I'm not going like, that far. No, 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 no. I just wore like jeans and Converse and a band t-shirt or a, or my chemical romance hoodie every day. But then when I went to college, um, I was like let loose into the world, um, on a college campus in a totally different town. And they had an anime club and you could cosplay an anime club and go play Smash Brothers and not like get weird looks because everybody else is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Just the pipeline, you know. That was the gateway, yeah. <laughs> that was it. They were like, hey, you can do whatever you want. Go to these cons. There's local things to do in Oklahoma City. And I was like, great. I'm going to do this now, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. That's, I mean, that's, that sounds like a good time. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to think the, the, cause I, I have, I don't have anybody who, I don't know anybody who tries to run. I'm just going back. I don't know anybody who's like, who tries to run haunted houses, but like, I know the closest experience that I have is when my family friend who I basically call my aunt every year is like, um, we're going to set up stuff for Halloween. We're going to go put like a skeleton hanging on the door in the bathroom and we're going to put spider webs outside and we're going to have like a, a weird a weird you know what hold on they took a they took a spider that was probably about as long as my arm span so we're talking like a six foot plus spider and they got on the roof and they put him on the chimney oh i was like that's smart but uh no that's that's my only experience with doing that kind of thing we would have people on stilts chase you with like chainsaws without the blade like that kind of thing and then like, oh yeah okay you'd get to like borrow coffins and stuff so i remember like one time i wanted to like take a break so i just went and took a nap in one of the coffins on the route because it was just there and it was dark it's a haunted house so and then no one found you I just no they they knew where i was i was like i'm going to take a nap on the route so peace oh, oh okay <laughs> yeah that makes sense i was like i'm gonna go sleep in the coffin for a bit because we had people like laying in them anyway and they would like pop up and i was like Meh, i'm just gonna go take a nap you're like i'm little. gonna be the person who pops up out of it yeah, I will pop up eventually, but for like at least 45 minutes, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you have somebody come in at like the 50 minute or hold on, if you have somebody come in at like the 40 minute mark, there's a statistical likelihood that they show up and you get up by accident. And they're like, hey, what the hell? Who is this? Probably. Yeah, because I think the way the <laughs> coffins were, it was like in a little room that was like uh, a lot of people would just start running after they heard like the chainsaw. So they would just run through this room. So I was pretty much just laying under the radar. No pun intended. Um, yeah, he's just, just laying under this. chilling. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty human reaction. If you hear a chainsaw, to, to <laughs> just start booking it. Just run. Just don't. Don't even wait. Just get, get out of there. Yeah, I feel like if I was in a haunted house, my brain would be like chainsaw, and then I turn around, and I turn around, and then there'd be like a guy there, and I'd be like. Oh shit! And then like Scooby Doo run off into the into the distance. Yeah, they would wear like the creepy like Slipknot masks and everything, and they had like a UV light on them, so they would light up and everything. And it's just like they would just stand there and then take three steps, and people would just book it. So yeah, so they don't have to do a whole lot; they just exist. Yeah, but yeah, people people like to be scared, so I don't. I'm not a fan of haunted houses, though. 
Yeah, I'm um, not either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan. I would rather walk around and like look at everything with the lights on and be like, oh, hey, I know how you made that. That's cool. And then continue. That would bring me more fulfillment in my life than being chased with a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I am. I, like, I go, I go into a new space that I've never been into before, and I'm like examining the architecture of the building. I'm like, I'm not even an architecture student. I don't even care about architecture at all. But like, um, like m- me and my girlfriend and, and and some of her friends, we went to like a, a, a like a gay bar the other day. The other day, and like, I didn't. I was like, I was like, I'm not. I was like, I don't really want to go to a bar because I don't. I'm not that kind of person. But I pulled up. And there was like RuPaul's Drag Race going on, and there was like people getting drinks and doing their whole thing. And I was just kind of standing there, looking up at the ceiling, like, "Huh, okay, so this definitely looks like this used to be an abandoned X, Y, and Z building um, or something." <laughs> my friends are like, "No, I love that." My friends that. are like, "What I the do- hell are you looking at?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> I do that sometimes too. <laughs> like, oh. I'm like, I can see you didn't put a roofing inst- uh, like a roofing installation into here. <laughs> I can see the pipes. <laughs> or like when you go to some random restaurant, and you're like, "Yeah, this definitely was a Pizza Hut." Yeah. <laughs> or like it even goes down into like a, it goes so far as like I walk downstairs uh, into my basement and I look up at the tile the the what the hell do they call it like the tiled roof uh, and I'm like oh yeah this looks like the roofs of the my high school like classrooms. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, did this used to be an old classroom before they turned it into like a two story house? Like, shouts out. <laughs> they probably didn't. Yeah, it was definitely just cheap. I mean, this house was built in like the 70s, I swear to God. Uh, Well, it's like popcorn ceilings. Not okay. Maybe like 80s. It's not quite that far. Um, I don't know. I don't know architecture. That's like, what do what are my ceilings? Are my ceilings normal? What is a normal ceiling? This makes me realize I could probably like Google my address and I'm sure Zillow would be like, this house was built in this year. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Good to know. Um. Wait, our house wouldn't be on the market in Zillow. What am I talking about? It doesn't matter. All right, yeah. So let me let me try and get back on track here. So you you started off kind of doing these sort of co- like I guess prop work esque stuff for for uh, haunted house sorts of things, and then the world of DeviantArt came into your arms, which you know, <laughs> God bless. Um. So so where is the where is the pipeline between DeviantArt costume work stuff and you being like, let me go make stuff as opposed to just let me wear cool shit. Um, so back in the day, again, um, in about like 2008 to 2010, like whenever cosplay was first, like starting to become popular in America and like more comic cons and more anime conventions were happening. Um, Amazon really wasn't a thing. You could not really order any costumes, um, other than like really, really popular characters. So like Naruto and Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and like all of those things where you, like, if you think of anime, those are the first things that pop into your head. Um, And then uh, also all of the costumes that you could order were ridiculously expensive and took about six months to arrive. (laughs) And um, yeah, and I would have to like order things on eBay and they would be like a minimum of like $300 and take six months because like it wasn't a thing back then. Um, It wasn't as easy to get hold of stuff. So being a broke college student with a um, hand-me-down sewing machine, I decided to just hit up Joanne Fabrics and um, Hancock <laughs> Fabrics before they went out of business. And I could make the exact same thing that I was going to buy for $300 on eBay for like 40 bucks, And I would have it immediately instead of waiting six months. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, um, like looking back, it's like, Oh, you couldn't buy anything online. So I just started making them because I couldn't get anything. 
And even today, there's a lot of things where I'm like, I can't buy this, so I might as well just make it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I suppose. So <clears throat> I'm trying to like, uh, is six months like an exaggeration? Because I'm trying to figure out how to pose this next question. No, it's like um, now whenever you order, you can I can go on Amazon right now and order a costume on Prime and it'll like be at my house on Thursday. But um, back then it was only through eBay. It was only through Chinese sellers and makers, which is totally fine. It was just what was available and it would take time to like ship it and take time to like, cause I'm going to pay for the cheap shipping. I'm not going to pay for the expensive shipping. Um, yeah. And it would take time for them to make it because they didn't have as many people making costumes at that time over there for cosplay. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Yeah. So it's like you spend 300 bucks. It takes six months or you spend 40 bucks and it takes you couple weeks, how long maybe depending on what it is it just depends yeah on like a month is. tops yeah. probably yeah like with college and everything working on the weekends like i could probably get something together within a month but it just depends on the project because there's a there's a lot of them that are super detailed that take a few months so yeah that don't make sense mm. i'm trying to think it's like um Trying to figure out where home. Where was my train of thought? Because it was like Amazon's not doing shit. Amazon's not real at the at this time. <laughs> Amazon's not real. Yeah. So eBay is like you spend three hundred bucks, takes you six months. And you're like, you know what? No. Oh, so I, I mean, I, you just so happened to have like a hand me down sewing machine. Where do you think your life would be right now if you didn't get that? Like, what would you, what would you be doing? Um, or I I'm guess not how would sure, you go about the same but goal? I would, I would probably be a lot more financially stable. Um, just because <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of money on action figures and going to cons and stuff, but um, I mean, I don't you know, know, that's not like that's not like the worst use of your money ever. Like, I've been to Comic Con exactly twice, and the second time I actually like did stuff when I was there, and I was like, whoa, yeah, two hundred and fifty like, bucks! Wow. Um, I don't know. I think I'd be pretty that, sad, honestly, because most of the people in my life right now I've met through costuming and cosplaying. And they're all amazing people, and I'm so thankful to have them. So I would probably just be sad and alone and playing Animal Crossing in the corner by myself on my sad, empty island. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's that's probably kind of what a lot of people would say if it was like, how do you think your life would be different if you didn't do the thing? It's like, I, I get, well, I guess like to a certain degree, because again, where I make the joke about like you where you don't spend a lot of money in other things that like don't like matter all that much mm-hmm. for what you're doing, which is reasonable. You make up for and spending a lot of money uh, elsewhere. Like the joke I made was like, I, I don't have a 3d printer, but I spent $300 on this mic. <laughs> I would never in a million years be like, like if somebody was in my position, almost exactly in my position, I wouldn't expect myself to be like, if you didn't spend $300 on that mic, how would you feel? It's like, well, because I spend 120 on a mic that's like over here that's like 70 to 80 percent is good or whatever mm-hmm. the way but. I see it is like I if I could go back to like 2008 2010 and do it all again I would still do it because it's like oh haha I'd be more financially stable but I wouldn't have any of the people that I hang out with in my life and I don't think I could live without them like my life's great it's like so right, yeah. and amazing. So I'm just like, I would do it all again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then you also have to weigh the cost of like, especially when you're talking about somebody who's, who put a lot of money into investing into what they do. Those same people potentially could be retroactively making that money back by, you know, commissioning people mm-hmm. making, you know, making something for somebody to make the money. And it's like to a certain degree that can potentially aid in your lifestyle 
as to where you're at right now. Yeah. And it's like, I probably wouldn't have half as much fun as I do without costuming. Cause even, um, we're going to Disney again soon. And so the last time we went, we did the full Disney bounding and they let you wear like Jedi and stuff in the star Wars area. And that was like, if I wasn't cosplaying, I would have just been wearing a t-shirt and jeans and what it's not as fun swinging a lightsaber around. If you're just in a t-shirt and jeans, like you gotta be in the full Jedi outfit. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And especially if you're a person who goes to, I mean, you, you're a person who go, does go to a lot of one places like that to, conventions and so it's like you could be the person more financially stable walking around a comic-con equivalent or comic-con itself Mm -hmm. in a shirt and jeans doing whatever the fuck or you can stick out and take pictures with people and like um you know bring bring people a level of joy off of seeing a character there or just being in the artist alley because right now we're doing a lot more like artist alley and vending. So I get to like sit in the middle of the convention in my own spot and see absolutely everybody. So like what's better than that? <laughs> I have a yeah. front row seat to the entire con. Yeah, and that's I get cool. to make things for people. All happy. He's kind of a <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> I like right now I'm just making a bunch of silly little pens that say things like silly, like just a silly little guy. Um, yes. So hell yeah. I think we have one that's coming in this week. That's like, just, just says sleepy. I need to sleep <laughs> or something like that. He so is EB making... and EB's to sleepy. Yes. The missile is tired. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Uh, let me see. Um, actually, I guess in, in the, in the realm of making things for people and I guess in your case, selling them in the middle of a convention, um, do well hold on how did i word this this is a problem this happens every single time because i know the point i'm trying to get across but i don't word it properly so i I guess this is kind of multiple questions in one so the first one is like do people commission you more or do you make things for people who are looking for them more often um so right now I've switched over to fursuit making. I used to do cosplay commissions, but I don't do them as often because fursuit making is just like what I like. And I like making the mascot suits and I like making silly, glittery, goofy little animals. (laughs) And um, there's, there's different types of commissions within like fursuit making. And one of them is like, you bring your custom character in and I can make it. Um, Or if you're like, Hey, I have this character, but I want to make some changes and I can make it and I can like replicate. Um, my a custom character and then there's this other thing which is my favorite thing in the world which is called like pre-maids or artistic liberty and that's basically saying all right shells you 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 just do whatever you want here's some colors or hey there's a here's a character that like i made that i'm gonna go ahead and make right quick and then i'll take that to the convention and sell it at the convention so the last con we went to was like sooner con and it was at the end of june first of july and the theme was cyberpunk so we made like this really cool cyberpunk wolf and we got there we brought it in he lasted less than two hours and he was running around the convention with his new owner like hanging out and everything so (laughs) it's just like it just depends on what you want and like what you like want to do i try to make myself at least one thing a year for myself 
but um just has a little treat <laughs> just has a little treat like i could she was gonna have one costume as a treat but i really just like making them that's my favorite part and like this is well you probably can't see goldie back here i don't know if i'm gonna be on camera i look like a frog but i'll just throw in a jpeg of goldie um but yeah this one's my custom character and i made her a couple years ago and it was like my fourth head that i made so it just depends we have a a little bit of a wait list it's always like six to 12 months out depending on what it is so fair enough (laughs) it's just i try to make them as quick as possible but sometimes i'm just not quick enough yeah you know we all have limited time there's only so much you can do in a day um I realize I phrased the question really stupidly because the way that I phrased it implied that you are just making things and uh, like the way that I phrased the question in my own head implied that you are making things and off like, how do I explain this? Almost like commission esque, except you are making the thing for somebody and offering it to them, not making what is effectively like a stencil or just like, I guess anything that you make in your free time and then deciding if somebody wants this, they can buy it from us. Yeah. Like a lot of the things that we make that are kind of like pre-made are more along the lines of, Hey, here's this one character that is an original character that you get the character rights to. Um, and then we'll just make a fursuit of it. And then somebody will adopt it. I've adopted a couple that way too, that are pre-made because I'm like, Oh, Hey, that's pretty. I'll just go ahead and take that. Um, you're coming <laughs> home with me. So, <laughs> um, but a lot of the stuff that we have that's like pre-made is going to be like pens and buttons. Like I, like I was saying that says like silly little man or like, um, am I allowed to cuss? Can I say one cuss word? <laughs> if I say one cuss word as a treat, I could spell it if that's easier. Oh, huh? Um, oh, are you asking me or yeah, was that the joke of the pen? You. That is not the joke of the pen. I'm asking Sorry, you that's why I was confused. I was like, ah. I was like, that's a, uh, that's because that sounds like a funny pen. <laughs> I will, I will put that on there and be like, I can say one cuss word as a treat. I'll add that to my list. Um, our top yeah, seller that's what last, <laughs> our top seller last commit, like last con was dumb B-I-T-C-H. And it's like a heart with sparkles around it. <laughs> I love the dumb bitch pen. That's, I yeah. love Everyone loves the dumb bitch pen. And then couples would come up and one of them would get dumb bitch and one of them would get silly little guy. <laughs> That's man. I don't, I cannot reckon this would ever be a reality because based on what you just told me, we are like actual, like m- s- multiple States apart. But if, if, if somehow I ended up being at a place that you were at or vice versa and I found your little booth, I would buy those pins. <laughs> I'm putting them on Etsy. <laughs> All right, well, that's the next best place. I, Whenever you do that, I'm going to be like, I will, hey. I will DM you. I have to sort through like 200 more that just came in. But after that, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when they're on Etsy. <laughs> that's cool. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Sorry if I answered that wrong. I'm... No, no, no. You know, you, you absolutely have, you were on the right track. It's like, people will reach out to you and they'll be like, this is what I'm looking for. And you'll be like, all right, you're, you're, you give me seven months. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you're like, let's make these things. And yeah. And then on the flip side, you're like, let me make all these things. And like, here's a bucket of them. Mm. Here's this for $6 or however much you're charging for those. It doesn't matter. Um. I think I just call them like trinkets. (laughs) Like we have our little trinkets and then we have like our custom orders. Yeah. 
<laughs> so no, you answered the question perfectly. That was that was basically exactly what I was looking for. Um, and the other two questions that I had in here were basically questions that you already answered, which is like, do you cosplay with the suits that you make, um, or I guess with the things that you make? Um, which yeah. Uh, I like making my own stuff sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, oh, hey, we got a cost or I got a con coming up. I'm just going to like order something off Amazon. But yeah, I wear I wear Goldie a lot of the time. She has like a full fursuit. She's really warm. So I don't wear her a lot in the summer months because hello, that's gourmet awful. carpet. Um, <laughs> it's not as breathable. Um, but yeah, I, I like wearing the things that I make. It makes me like very like it. I find like fulfillment in that because I'm like, oh, hey, I made something that I can actually run around in and it doesn't fall apart. So yeah. that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I am I am a professional to no some degree. To, no shade to anybody, but there there was a time whenever everything I made would fall apart when I was but a, a wee little costume lad. Um, but now it doesn't. <laughs> so I'm very proud of myself for that. Yeah, you're like, you're like, step one, make the thing. Step two, hope it doesn't fall apart. Step three, repeat until it doesn't fall apart. Uh, yeah, before I had a sewing machine, I tried to hot glue a skirt. Um, and don't do that. It doesn't work. <laughs> I it was, was a valiant effort. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I, I tried. <clears throat> what was the dumbest thing I did at 17? And it doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think, too, because that probably wasn't the dumbest thing. So... <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, okay. I get. I guess to say that that's the dumbest thing. Like, that's not. That's kind of being over dramatic because it's like that's. Ju it's just like it's not a catastrophic failure. You're just like, all right, let me not do that because that just isn't gonna work. I was like, yeah, we're gonna just like go decorate T-shirts and go to the convention. That's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna be hot glued together. Yeah. So. But at least you're you're still putting in more effort than some of the people who show up there, and that's no shade to throw other people who are there. But it's like. You're spending you're spending a lot of money to be there. You can yeah. like you're still spending more time and effort to make something that is probably still eye catching enough to people. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people like, and honestly, for me, like it's not about like, oh hey, I'm gonna get attention or whatever. I just like I I think it looks cool, so I want to show people, and that's it. Or I would just want to run around and be in goof be a goofy little dude. But um, a lot of times with like the more furry conventions or and a lot of times with cosplay conventions, people will come up and be like, well, I really want to go to this con, but I don't have a costume to wear. And I'm like, OK, cool. That's great. Um, all you need is a positive attitude and you have to be ready to have fun and talk to people. And that's really oh, it. Yeah. Um, we went to soccer con this past year, which we try to do like one big out of state con every year. Um, and most of the people there were running around in tech wear. And so that shit goes hard. Wait a minute. I just <laughs> I just <laughs> ran around in our tech wear all weekend, and I'm like, I, I wore Goldie out in the rain for a while, almost died, um, almost. Yeah. How does that? Fell. How does that? What? How does that work? I I it was raining because it was in Seattle. Um, the ground well, yeah. was wet, and I almost slipped and fell. So I just went back to the hotel room and just threw all my tech wear on. And I was like, I'm just going to wear my tech wear. I'm just going to wear my Mando costume. So we're not going to. You're like, I'm not going to risk death for this. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. So like most of my tech wear is like, I have like a raincoat and everything. So I was like, we're just going to wear this and the helmet. We're going to be great. Um, but yeah, like even there was even like a lot of streetwear brands in the exhibitor hall this year. So everybody was wearing it. So you don't necessarily have to wear like a costume or anything. You can just show up. Just like be positive and show up. Don't come in acting like a grump. Yeah. Because then you're just going to be grumpy all weekend. Yeah. 
Like, and you're gonna go, you're gonna go. Why did my con suck? And I was like, well, it's your attitude. So it's because you suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> then, I mean, yeah. And then like I usually like uh, the last con when I was vending, I wasn't in costume most of the time. I was just in clothes. So and I still had a really great time. <laughs> it was it was fun. Yeah, I try not to make everything about money, but it's like you really spent all this money to go to this con, and you're acting like a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, and people do on, it man. sometimes. <laughs> I've roomed with people that have done it, and I'm like, why are you here if you were going to be griping? Yeah. I, this has actually objectively nothing to do with what you just said, but like, I my, I have a friend who lives in a dorm with, with some people who she doesn't know all that well, and one of them is like such a little a-hole that she like didn't let the, the, the plumber in to fix one of their pipes because she didn't know him. I mean... It's, it's like, come on, man. Uh... uh you gotta you gotta get your pipes working like at least verify that he's legit and then be like okay cool sweet and if you're in a right yeah like i think there was like three other i think there was like three other people in in the apartment building and they were all like yes this is the plumber and they were like i don't know him and they did not let him in Mm, that's frustrating i'm so sorry yeah she's she's really going through it if you she's not gonna hear this but laura if you hear this uh (laughs) what the what's going on what the fuck Laura's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you know, that's, that's, lift your, lift your spirits up um, and talk to the head of whoever's responsible if she needs to be kicked out. This is only temporary and, like, you're going to get out of that dorm. It's not forever. I mean, I'm not in a dorm anymore and I once was. So. Yeah. That's what I would have told her, like, a year ago, um, because she had really shitty roommates about a year ago um, that was, like, like this one roommate's, like, she's, like, not letting the plumber in. The other one was just, like, straight homophobic and then pretended to be no. um, an ally of the LGBTQ community and is, like, a, and, like, gay Twitter really likes making fun of her or something. I don't know what's going on with her. So she really is just not allowed to have anything. She's just not allowed on Twitter anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know how Twitter works. I'm old. Yeah, I I go on Twitter for exactly one thing, scrolling through and seeing posts from people that I like and posting whenever my Saturday streams are delayed because I have to go to the gym. That is literally all I do with it. I'm just like, what are my friends doing? Did they post art? And then I just like hop off of it and I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I call more online content creator people. uh, I call more online content creator people my friends than I think I should because I don't know if those people classify me as their friends. I think I've generally had good experiences with them. They just like, (laughs) I don't know if calling them a friend is the appropriate thing, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like, yeah, thank you. See, that's all right. Cool. I'm going to put that in my notes because I know I'm going to need that next time. Like, uh, like I'll, I'll help people who stream with things and they'll be like, thanks for the help of like any, uh, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm just trying to help out a friend. And then I'm like, that, does that, did that come off weird? <laughs> stalk, stalk your mutuals. Um, I guess as long as you don't make it like a weird parasocial relationship thing. Cause I've had that happen to me sometimes too. And I'm like, haha, I'm uncomfortable, but like, I, I don't really know what's classified as, as a parasocial relationship to be honest with you. I think it's like, there's healthy mutual relationships. So I guess as long as you're not like outside their window digging in their trash, you're good. Yeah, I just I don't know why this is how I had to start off to like defend that point. But like I definitely (laughs) don't because most of these people are on like the East Coast or in Canada. (laughs) 
Oh, then you got to get your passport to go dig in there. I, I need to get my passport <laughs> for, for way more important things than going to Canada to see these people who I've had l- maybe two hours worth of conversation each with. So, I mean, but also like most of my best friends are like online friends that we end up like meeting up at a con and that it's like I've known them forever. So. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not old enough to do that. Like my friends don't have that kind of stable income because they're all still like going to college. <laughs> uh the closest thing that i ever get to have is uh i have a friend who lives in st louis shouts out alec if you hear this um me and him go to visit our friends in, in colorado every few every like every like six months to a year mm-hmm. give or take so that's good enough but it's like you spend that much on uh, a ticket to get there and then you don't have to spend a dime to do anything else while you're there because our friends are there yeah where it's like a i think you wanted to take me to a furry convention at some point and i was like alec please you can't i'm not it's not <laughs> I I respect that you want to do that, but I don't know if I want to do that. I'll go with Alec. I'll go with Alec to the what is it? I think it's like if he, if he's in St. Louis, there's like the it's just like Gateway Fur Fest or something. I'll go with you. Yeah, that's probably vibe. what it is. Um, yeah, Alec, if you hear this, um, let reach out to me and I'll like I'll give you their Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I will show up and just vibe. I talk to everybody, so I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> What's up? I'm here to like. I mean, furry conventions are also kind of cool because sometimes people bring like full size realistic raptor costumes and you get to like chill with a velociraptor from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Hell so, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes it's like it's a it's a fun time. And then there's like different artists and there's like um, a bunch of panels that you wouldn't think would be there at a furry convention. Um, we went to uh, another weird fact about me is I've been a mermaid performer since 2011. Um, huh? So, <laughs> what? <I> mean, <laughs> I've been doing a Ren Fair mermaid performances since 2011, like right after I started cosplay. It's the pipeline. You 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 got to go like <laughs> Halloween. You you go like haunted house, anime, deviant art, Ren Fair, <laughs> mermaids, <laughs> furry, <laughs> and that's the pipeline. Um, so I've I've been like a performer since like 2011, and like they had like a mermaid panel at the furry con and we were like okay sweet let's go do that and then we all went you were like these are two completely different groups of 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 creatures yeah it's so weird but like i mean the cool thing about the furry con is like they're all there because they do like anthropomorphic characters but everybody there has multiple interests so you can find someone that does like literally anything at the furry con um if i need like tech support help i'm like oh hold on i know a furry um if i need <laughs> like aviation or car help i'm like oh i know i know a furry i know a furry that's a pilot let's go um so <laughs> there's a lot of furry pilots and a lot of furries that work in like aviation and transport <laughs> these motherfuckers want to be birds so <laughs> they're everywhere i want to be a bird birds are cool birds yeah i think i kind taxes. of agree with that yeah, they just, you know. Um, they don't have to pay rent. They just vibe. But yeah. yeah, it's it's fun and everything. And then um trying to think. I ended up like started do- doing the furry stuff because of like COVID. Because before the COVID pandemic, I did a lot of like charity work and like hospital visits and like kids events for like superheroes, princesses, and uh, Star Wars. And then when I was stuck at my house, I'm like, okay, nobody can watch me build this fursuit. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go the fuck off. Time to like live my dreams because I have extra money. And so I bought more Ren Fair clothes and bought and made a fursuit. 
Fair enough. And now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> now here we are, living the dream. Yeah. But now speaking to the point about like uh, there's panels at cons that you don't you wouldn't expect there. Uh, the last Comic-Con I went to was in like September. When was it? Yeah, it was in September. And the two panels that I vividly remember going to was one about ment- the importance of mental health. Two, and the second one was about a guy who was a ghost hunter. I'm like, I'm like, how did you get here? Who who invited you? <laughs> who let you in, Zach Bagans? <laughs> how did you get here? I I don't get the joke. I don't get the reference. Oh, I Zach Bagans is from the Ghost Adventures. He's the guys that he's the man that yells at the ghosts. Oh, okay. I mean, he kind of like, did the same thing. Yeah, he kind of did the same thing ultimately. Oh, um, and he he would like he would like show us weird recordings of like um like children the ghostly children talking to him and i was like this is weird i don't know what's going on i have um, never been in a ghost but... children panel <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah this that seems the, like... seems a little far out of left field uh i think like the most oddball panel i've run which is like a weirdly important panel is like cosplay underwear and i know that's gonna sound silly but no, it makes sense it gets hot and you need to know what to wear like under the costume to like not um overheat and die yeah. So we like went over like how to keep cool and not die in your costumes and fursuits. And I was in there and they were like, hey, furry, get in there. Get in there. Tell them. Tell them how you don't die. And I'm like, water, fan, Under Armour. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, let me see here. What do I have? Um, let me remove this. All right, so we, we've established that you definitely do make things for people to, to multiple and varying degrees. But I'm kind of curious, like, what platforms do you use and how do you generally go about, like, advertising the actual services and the products that you can provide for people? Um, so right now I'm on everything but Facebook just because, like, I don't like using Facebook. Um, but I'm most <laughs> active on, tw- uh, what is it, Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. It's just easy for me to use because I have a small brain sometimes. Um, and then a lot of people use the messaging service telegram for DMS. So I'm like, I have a work in progress channel on telegram that I just like post work in progress pictures and commission openings in. And people just kind of like follow that way. Or I'll just like post on Instagram and Twitter and everything and be like, Hey, my commissions are opening on this day. They're going to close on this day. Just drop me this Google form if you're interested. And then after I close the commissions, I go through all my Google forms and be like, okay, email the people that I want to take on projects with. And then since I can't like take on a ton at a time, um, because I like to keep my queue uh, low so that people aren't waiting years and years for things, uh, because I don't like waiting and I know they don't like waiting. um, (laughs) I'll send out like the decline letters to and be like, hey, your project wasn't accepted this time, but please reapply later basically and say like hey i can't do it right now just because like i don't have enough time to do five projects at once i only have time to do like one or two but if you reapply on the next opening um i could i might be able to get you in that time so it just kind of depends it's like a little like a little application yeah that makes sense because you see you like have the initial posting quote-unquote posting which is your commission's opening back up. And it's like, here's exactly what you can expect. Here's what you need to f- fill out to get the details that you need. And then you're like, all right, let me sift through these people and figure out what I can yeah. reasonably do. And I'm open for quotes all the time. We can do quotes at any time. Um, and that's basically saying like, Hey, how much would it cost to make this character's head? Or how much would it cost for a 
tail and this is the character so i could like i can sometimes fit in like easy stuff like tails or paws throughout the year like in between commissions um but like you can always message me and say like hey um i want this but like i need some time to save up for it because they are kind of expensive um well yeah yeah so i i'm just like okay yeah cool um and then like because of like the pricing and everything i also work with payment plans if needed and things like that the uh the biggest thing is that you have to be older than the age of 18 to commission me um because i've had problems with kids taking their parents credit card and then i get oh yeah so yeah that's rough (laughs) yeah and like i think the last one was like 600 bucks or something and it's like i can eat about 100 bucks like if something happens um i can eat under 100 whatever i'll figure it out but like if it's like 600 i'm like oh please don't charge that back. hurts yeah <sighs> so well okay i don't really know what i was expecting honestly because like, <laughs> like some i suppose it's like when you're working with stuff in like really small batches that's probably the best way that you could go about it because other than that you would just have to go on a one-by-one basis and just be like taking everybody who taking everybody who is interested in something when your commissions are open putting them in the appropriate schedule and then going from there yeah and there's some makers that do that and they'll book themselves out like two to five years and i just can't see that far in the future i just want to see six months in the future that way like i don't have anybody that's already paid like because i have some friends that have paid like thousands of dollars for for suits and are still waiting like five or six years down the line just to get like a work in progress photo and i don't want to hold on to somebody's money for that long because it's a lot of money so we do like short queues (laughs) yeah and and that makes sense is you are still operating on like a short order type like Mm -hmm. these will come in and i will do them but working for any longer of a period than that. And then it's like, you're keeping track of too many projects. You're keeping the people waiting for too long. Anything could happen in those six months, something yeah. like whether it be for you or for the person who just paid. And then it's like, Oh, we're going to a con. We need to have a pre-made suit available for this con. We need to have a pre-made suit available for this. And I have to like work those in my schedule with the custom commissions to make sure that I have stock for the con. Um, because right now we're going through like a bunch of parts orders and like remaking a bunch of pre-made like tails and paws and things like that for the upcoming uh, events that we have scheduled. Yeah. And with how frequently those come up, it's like you can't even afford to like with how frequently those, those come up and how frequently of those you're actually looking at doing something with. You're like, I, Mm -hmm. I, I simply cannot see any more than six months out. Otherwise, everything just gets muddled and confusing and it makes no sense. Yeah. And then like I volunteer for one of the conventions. I still try to do some volunteer work with like Ren Fair and things like that. So I'm like, I want to make sure that I have time for me and my mental health and I can be able to do the things that I like to do as well as like make other people things because I like doing that too, but I just don't want to burn, get burnt out. Yeah, exactly. And by chunking yourself out in six months, you're like, you're like, I know my own limitations. I can do this much in these six months and then as you as you complete more things and take some of the stuff off your plate, you're like, okay, now I can substitute in one or two other little things that can take up this amount of space, but mm-hmm. also having the wiggle room to say, well, now I want to go and do this. That has absolutely nothing to do with, you know, what in your case, whatever's going on in the background right now with your yeah. with your printer. <laughs> it's just making a little cyberpunk hel- helmet. Gotta have more cyberpunk stuff. 
Yeah. How long do those hold on? Because I've seen I've seen things before where people will talk about the the stuff that they 3D print, and there's a guy who makes these like um he makes these like really colorful like kind of dragon things made out of like a oh, yeah. made out of whatever the material that usually 3D printers use are made out of, you know using that stuff filament filament yeah so filament. he'll like make yeah so he'll make little dragons out of filament and whatnot um and then he'll be like come watch the TikTok live where it's happening and then it's just like a 30 hour long I'm like what what <laughs> Um, like, I don't, like, a lot of the times with prop work, you know how whenever you get, like, a 3D printed thing, like, fresh off the printer, and it's got all those lines in it? I have literally never gotten anything from a 3D printer fresh ever, uh, so no, I don't know. (laughs) I can't imagine. I'm gonna hold mine up to the camera, but, like, can you see, like, little lines? I'll send you a picture on Instagram, too. Yeah, that probably helps. Whenever it prints, it prints, like, in lines, like, it's, like, a typewriter, like, it's, like, a eating a corn cob basically so it just prints in like layers um, yeah whenever you're doing like props you want to make sure like you sand everything down and get rid of all the lines and then like filler prime it and then sand it again and then at the end i cover mine in resin so they're nice and strong because i'm a feral wrecking ball on everything and i drop things a lot so by the time it gets you can to withstand me, me it can withstand anybody basically that's what i tell like my commissioners too i'm like <laughs> i have friends that are wild and we have we have durability tested things. So like with the 3d printing things, I like try to keep it under two days, but sometimes it just doesn't help. But everything I print ends up getting sanded anyway. So I just print in random colors. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I guess that's kind of to be expected. I just punched my mic. Um, I don't think I have, I guess that's another thing. This is suddenly getting into weird stuff about the 3d printer. Um, How much heat do those things generate? I don't like, know. My fan's working. I really don't know what to do other than like modeling and like putting it in there and going, okay, bye. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I, th- I think about the fact that like um, in this corner of my room where I have like all of my things, it's like, I have my computer. I have my, um, internet, my fucking, what is it called? The box that gives me the internet. Why can't I think of the word? Wi-Fi router. My Wi-Fi router, thank you, Jesus Christ. I have those two things in this corner, and these two things alone like make my entire room heat up to hell and back. And so I can only imagine with with whatever else you have in your space, there's like your computer, there's... Mm. Did you say there's two 3D printers in there, or there's one and then there's two of something else? Uh, there's two 3D printers, but I'm only using one at a time right now. I'm just using right, the that makes one. Sense. Um, honestly, like I just felt it. And it's got like a PC fan in it and everything, so it doesn't. It keeps cool and everything, but like it just feels like my cell phone after I've been on a call for a while. It's just a little warm. Huh. Um, okay. So, but it's a newer one. Like I, I just got it, so it's currently good. Hmm. Fair enough. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah, that's. It's weird how I mean. I guess this is just. Everybody can tell that even if I don't know anything and I don't really know what I'm talking about, I'm at least semi fat. I'm relatively fascinated about whatever i'm listening to it's not like i didn't plan on buying a 3d printer because frankly uh i don't have the space for that um they take up a lot of space Uh, (laughs) and the one that like the next one i'm looking at is like even bigger and i'm like okay we need to like figure out a new house situation before we get this big printer either either that or you have to figure out how to better optimize your space Uh, well it won't even fit on my table the, the bigger one than that like i got yeah i guess it won't fit on your table then you're like if i try and get a bigger table then that eats into the rest of the space that i have and then it becomes a problem yeah (laughs) 
But, but yeah, I barely know what I'm doing with 3D printing. I just like get it level and go. So fair. It seems like a decent amount of the 3D printing knowledge base actually comes from your ability to like design the thing. Yeah, there's a couple of different programs. There's um, Nomad is pretty cost effective. I think it's like 15 bucks on the iPad. It might be $9, like 9 to $15. And then I don't know how much Blender is, but I need to buy it soon. And it's probably expensive. I don't want to touch my computer because my webcam has been giving us trouble. And it's and exploding. Ghosts, so. <laughs> but no, that's but, all. That's all interesting to hear. Yeah. And there's like, honestly, like a lot of the things that I learned, I learned off of YouTube there's a YouTube tutorial for everything and I would just watch YouTube tutorials and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, actually that makes sense. Like a, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially of my generation, I, I feel like I'm like the prime example of this is I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to do something. Let me just go like watch a video on it. Like, uh, I, I have a bunch of friends who wanted to start making music after I started making music. And I have a guy who I've told this story before on one of the first episodes of this, but he wanted to pay to go to college to learn music. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> and then he wanted to pay for the most expensive workstation program that is also on a subscription base. And I was like, fuck you. Uh, and then I look at myself and I'm like, I'm like, I, I wanted to make music and well, I, I'm a big music enjoyer and I feel like most people are. Um, mm. and I was like. And I guess the basic story is that I, um, I, I, I used to make YouTube videos on a relatively consistent basis. I made a video using a song that I thought was royalty free. It wasn't YouTube copyright striked me and replaced it over with something else. And I was like, I want to make my own music, but I couldn't figure out how to start. So then a random video from a guy that I've never heard of before shows up on my feed. And he, it's like him making his first rap song or something. And keep in mind, this guy has like uh, 200,000 subscribers or something. So I was like, okay, that's weird. That's kind of just showed up. I watched a video and then I just kept watching videos and like mm. six to eight months after watching just a ton of these videos, just like on loop, just in my free time, I'm like, all right, now I'm confident in making music, pay for a software and I'll go do my thing. So you yeah. know, shouts out the university of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the number one question I get is like, how'd you learn how to make this? And I'm like, YouTube and hyper fixations. So I just, I just did it and I messed up yeah. a lot. And I, <laughs> I hurt myself with the hot glue gun on accident a lot, and I just kind of figured it out. <laughs> yeah, the hot glue gun and the skirt. You're like, that was my breaking point. Yes. Well, I also, like, uh, I hot glued my hand on the last suit I made and uh, had a ouchie for a few weeks, so it's almost healed up, though. <laughs> it's... <been> <laughs> Burns aren't that funny, I'll admit, but whenever I hear stories about how people burn themselves, I think it's funny. Like I... the first time I got a serious, really serious burn, I was working in a Chinese restaurant. Um, I had a bowl and I was pouring soup into the bowl and I poured it on my thumb um, and my natural reflexes dropped the, the the bowl into the soup and splashed the soup on me. And I was like, well, this is not good. The little... So. The little joke is always like, oh, the cosplay gods demand a blood sacrifice. And I had like one last thing to do on this fursuit head. And I was like, huh, that's so weird. I haven't hurt myself this time. And then five minutes later, I burned my hand like worse than I burned it in a long time. Like, so, yeah, the cosplay gods demand a blood sacrifice for a for a good harvest sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and then there's like a joke that I always quote from this cooking show that I watch where this guy had like a, he had like a really gnarly burn on kind of like his thumb between his thumb and his pointer finger. Oh yeah. And he was like, he was like, I was doing a grill, a, chill, a grilling and chilling night one night and I chilled a little too hard and grilled my hand. No. <laughs> uh, and I, I just think that shit's super funny. So shouts out to Burns at the expense of getting getting the job done, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was ruin the suit or burn my hand. I burned my hand. I was like, the skin will grow back. The fur will not. So, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. I was like, you kind of dictate that it does come back. I didn't have to time to, to redo it. So I was like, eh, I was enough. almost done. It's fine. It was yeah. two days before the con. Oh yeah, you were like, my hand, my hand will probably be covered at the con. I can handle this. Oh yeah, I had some cute band aids. It's fine. It's fashion. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me let me let's move on here. We're only halfway through. Not even halfway through, actually. Um, what does your like general creative process look like? Like somebody commissions you for something, where do you start? Um, so the first thing I start with is I go online and I make sure that I can find the fur and the colors that they have for their character, because you would not believe how difficult it is to find like green fur. Um, it is so (laughs) difficult to find, uh, like the specific shade you need or like pinks. There's like a million different pinks and none of them are ever the right one. Um, and I'll actually go on and make everybody like a little swatch board with their character so they know exactly which fur is going with that. And then yeah. we'll just we'll just figure it out and go from there. And I'll probably I usually make like the tail first and then like the hands and the feet and then the head and then the body is last. So everything like kind of fits together. Um, yeah. And then with pre-mades, I'm usually like, wouldn't it be fun to do this? And then I just like end up making it like, wouldn't it be fun to make a cyberpunk wolf with UV fur that glows because I'm obsessed with cyberpunk 2077 right now. Um, another one was, and like, then it clearly catches the eye of somebody. Yeah. One of my buddies got him and I'm so happy because I get to see him all the time. Um, <laughs> and then another one like that I have like kicking around is like, what if I did a dragon, but it was like Barbie colors and hot pink. Like, wouldn't that be great? So, <laughs> <laughs> and then one of uh, another fursuit that I made as a pre-made that like one of my best friends ended up getting. Um, I was like, it was for a convention that was scene themed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I lived through the scene in emo days. So I basically made like a little hyena that I was like, I would definitely draw this dude in my notebook. Like when I was <laughs> in high school and then I made it and everyone was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And then my uh, one of my best friends ended up adopting him. And now he just like has this neon dog suit. <laughs> so yeah. No, the the thing that I was that I was trying to get at is you were talking about like uh people just like the the last person to buy this weird like neon ass yeah, neon dog. hyena wow. with like sparkly eyes. Yeah. And the thing that I was getting at is I was like I was like, it's crazy to cause I know this doesn't really work like this because, you know, I can very clearly see like the heads that you have. But for some reason I just imagined the whole the whole suit just stood up five nights at Freddy style in the corner of somebody's room. And I'm like, that's, I, I don't, that's, that's a horrifying image. And I don't, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking so, no part in that. So for storage, like I have everything, like the body and everything is like hung up. And then like all the parts are in like a bin. And then in my craft room, the, I have like the heads on like helmet stands. So it's just like heads on spikes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so 
it's a little scary. I usually, um, whenever I wash the bodies, I'll like hang them up in my bathroom and then I'll just leave the door open for ventilation. So I do jump scare myself. Yeah. Because it'll be like, oh God, there's somebody that hung themselves in my bathroom. And then I'll turn around. I'm like, oh yeah, I washed a bodysuit today. Yeah. You're like, why are they weirdly colorful? What the hell? (laughs) But like seeing like the shadow out of the corner of your eye, I definitely scare myself way too much. Yeah. That's why I'm always afraid to hang up things in my room because I'm always like, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm on, I'm on like weirdo mode, I'm gonna see something and I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? Like I had like a web backpack hung up on top of my, oh yeah, just on my wall, and I was like, one day I'm gonna wake up and think that's a head and traumatize myself because I didn't have a better place to put it because I'm fucking stupid. Yeah, we have like helmets, like a row, like a big row of helmets, like in our craft room that we keep in there, and then in here we have like prop weapons so yeah <laughs> i get it there's a lot of masks you just get used to it yeah eventually your brain's like this is a part of my domain yeah so. it's just here this is how we live yeah we out here living um, like this yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like I, I sure hope like a nobody comes here and thinks we're taxidermists or something we're taxidermying like weirdly uh cartoonish animals i mean taxidermy's pretty cool taxidermy freaks me out i don't like it <laughs> I like weird stuff, so I'm just like, yeah, I, I like taxidermy. Yeah, I, you know what? I respect that. I don't know if there's anything that I can say that I'm into that would be considered weird, but that's because I don't have time to think about it right now, and I'm on the spot. <laughs> but um, let me see here. We, so, you, okay, you kind of detailed on this a little bit right before we started. Um, what are the most expensive like parts of making either a suit as a whole cohesive thing or like on an individual basis of building like parts so the main like cost is always going to come down to your equipment and the things like you don't think of like how many hot glue gun or hot glue sticks you need because you go through like i go through like a couple bags sometimes and then i run out and i'm like oh gosh i gotta run down and get another ten dollar bag of hot glue sticks and then (laughs) it's like oh it's just ten dollars but then it adds up over time Um, Or just, like, the cost of, like, a sewing machine, the cost of a 3D printer, the cost of um, thread, because you go through a lot of thread and all of the notions. The fur is kind of, like, yeah, it's definitely, like, 30 to 50 a yard plus shipping, but then whenever you look back at it, you're like, oh, well, it would be a lot easier if I didn't have to hand sew all of this. I need a hot glue gun. I need a good hot glue gun. I need a quality thread that's like six dollars a spool instead of a dollar a spool and things like that um but yeah i'm using a 21 year old hand-me-down machine no 22 <laughs> she's 22 this year so i'm using a 22 year old hand-me-down bernina um that i got from a really good friend of mine that i love dearly um the machine and the friend so uh, it just kind of like depends um if, and if you're getting started like one of the best beginner sewing machines that a lot of people get into is the and it's not sponsored by anybody like singer's not out here sponsoring me to do anything because i don't even own a singer um is the singer <laughs> heavy duty um like 200 250 sewing machine and it's like one of like the staples of the first suit making community. Cause it's just so good and such a good price point for people getting into the hobby. Um, or you can just sew anything, everything by hand and that takes forever. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm kind of, I'm kind of reading this as like, it's, it, it's a lot more 
potentially a lot more expensive for you because you take pride in the work that you're doing and you mm-hmm. you kind of show that by using higher quality versions of something. Yeah. But then on top of that, it also you it really is just a lot of surface area of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it's also like if you're going to build a head base, you can carve it out of upholstery foam like people make like couch cushions out of and like seat cushions. But then you'll have to go and buy that and that could be expensive. So you want to make sure you watch for coupons. And so it's just a whole thing. I just refresh Joanne's. And then like right now, uh, polyfill is really expensive. So like the stuff that's inside of pillows, um, we usually stuff like tails with it and like plushies and things like that. Right now, 20 pounds is 100 bucks, and it used to be like 40 bucks or 50 bucks. So, what is going, what is going on in the in that market? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know, but I just like watch for the 70% off coupon, and I'm like, that's when we're getting our restocks, is when that 70% coupon drops. Yeah, try and make everything you have stretch until then. Yeah, we're just like, we're just going to go then because then it's like 40 bucks instead of like 100. So way more affordable, but 20 pounds lasts a long time. I'm still working through one of my 10 pound bags right now for my last box. God damn it. It froze again. Oh no, we're fine. Oh, I panicked for nothing. Okay. Crisis averted. The ghosts were, were satiated. Yeah. yeah. 20 pounds. I mean, I can't even, I mean, yeah, that's not, I have a, the, I sound like a gym bro. I don't go to the gym a lot. I have a 20 pound dumbbell. Like I can imagine 20 pounds of that in, in a, that's, um, Next time you're at like Walmart or Joanne Fabrics, like go to the craft section and look at the 20 pound box. Like you can definitely fit like an adult sized person inside the 20 pound box. Uh And then all of the polyfill is compressed. So whenever you open it, it just explodes. So yeah, that's, that sounds like a fun time. (sighs) Not when you have to clean it up. (laughs) Well, yeah, sorry. I think the, the principle, well, the concept of it sounds kind of fun because I do like things that have an explosive entrance like that. But yeah, when you're like, you're like, this is my like material and I have to like use this for stuff. It's like, can you not do that, please? Yeah, just like get back in the bag. So I usually like, yeah. like a little opening in the bag and then just like pull it out through the little opening. Yeah, you're like, let, let all of the excess whatever come out in like a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So um, that's. Okay, I'm trying to think because you've you've already mentioned that like people will spend multiple grands, multiple G's in order to to get a suit. But like, what's the the yeah. most expensive one that you have created that somebody has actually like paid you for? Um, so right now I haven't made any full suits. I have a couple mm. of full suits that have been like quoted, and I'm just like waiting on them to like be ready to make it. And those are around like the most expensive one that I've quoted is around six k, just because like the materials are expensive. And like, uh, it's very like a complex character, so it's gonna the labor cost is gonna go up. I'm gonna spend more time on it, so it's gonna account into that. And then um, the neon hyena was one of the more expensive ones that I made, just because it had resin claws that were like 30, 40 bucks. It had um, custom eye mesh that. No, I got like dye sublimated eye mesh, so it's fully waterproof. It had um, eyes that were 3D printed. It had a lot of like really more expensive materials, and he was 2600 I Just for like head, sleeves, paws, and tail. Yeah, head, sleeves, paws, and tail. Damn, yeah, that's... I, I mean... And like, I guess that really as, puts into perspective how potentially expensive the actual base body of the thing could be. Maybe. Yeah, 
it just kind of like depends i try to keep like um like simple three color or or less like heads that are on one of our head bases i usually try to keep those around like 1400 each um and that's kind of on like for a high quality fursuit that's kind of on the low to mid like pretty average and then there's a lot of like really big name makers that charge more because like the of their style and like they charge what they're worth honestly so it's like yeah. i've gotten a couple quotes that for just the head were like four or five thousand dollars and i'm like yeah that's an amazing artist uh so yeah like it makes sense unfortunately i don't have that kind of money <laughs> yeah <laughs> but a lot of the time people work with like a payment plan and things like that so we're just like yeah, yeah i'll just like wait till i can afford it and then like do a payment plan and just do it that way yeah uh, that makes sense or i'll just be like oh i'll just make it and then <laughs> Go yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. The, the, so right now here, I guess I can help you kind of conceptualize this. So I've been keeping not like a super crazy running tally, but I've kept like a running tally of like the highs and the lows of the most expensive things. Cause most of the people that I interview, it's like they do stuff, but they also spend a lot of money to make that thing happen. Mm-hmm. So like right now, the, the, the person who has the most expensive investment they've put into their hobby is a guy who I talked to named Chikara, and he spent $10,000 on his computer. Ooh, I did not spend $10,000 on my computer. Yeah, based on I, what you were telling me at the beginning, I I, I could reasonably believe that. It was 500 It was not 10000 It's still a good little computer, though. Yeah, it gets the job done. <clears throat> but it was, like, it was like him at that much. And then I believe right under them was a person who I interviewed, Maple Chicken, who spent like four, $4,000 on a VTuber model. Um, it's pretty good i could i i probably could like actually hold on she's streaming right now i could probably just like hold on yeah let me put the link in here really quick uh oh wait i lied they're not streaming i thought they were but either way you can probably go look at a past stream either way so that's what so it was like it's like ten thousand and then four thousand and then my friend peter he's like i asked him what's the most expensive thing he's paid for and he's like i don't know like paper at like at like you know a couple bucks a ream or whatever and you are technically at the very very lowest bottom of that rung because that's how much somebody has quoted that they're going to pay you for Mm -hmm. a thing (laughs) so congratulations on being on the lowest end of that ladder right now (laughs) i'm trying to think of like what's the most expensive thing i bought because i also like i go to goodwill and i'll buy tables at goodwill Instead of going to Ikea and buying them and I'll go on. The I'm convinced look- Ikea is a scam. And let me tell you what. <laughs> my, my three, hey, my 3D printer table is Ikea, but I got it at Goodwill for 20 bucks. But yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Um, I mean, the new 3D printer I got was 400 And then I think like the most expensive thing we'll have eventually is like a laser cutter. And that'll be like 1000 to 1500 and then, like, embroidery machines are around 1000 to 1500 not even for a commercial one. So, but we haven't actually did that yet. So I think, like, 400 bucks because my, my sewing machine is around $600, but I got it for free. Somebody gave it to me. Yeah, um, shouts out. If, if people know that you sew, you just sewing machines wind up at your house magically. They just, the sewing machine fairy will grant you sewing machines. Yeah, you go to work in the morning and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Cool. Yoink. But, um, I think I have like five right now that <laughs> out, and I'm just like I need these need homes that aren't me so yeah fair enough okay yeah <laughs> I, I really like just hanging out. I didn't think the the sewing machine fairy was a real thing and uh, five 
Yeah, like the my like my grandma was like, "Hey, I got you this old sewing machine from the 1900s," and I'm like, "Cool, thanks." And I'm like, "I can't do anything with this right now because I'm afraid I'm going to break it." And yeah, then, you're like, "This doesn't have an electricity port. I can't." Yeah. <laughs> like, it does have an electricity port. It's like it's really nice, but I'm just like I'm afraid I'm going to break it because I break my Bernina that I use for sewing fur and things like that. Yeah, you're so, like, "This is this is an antique thing. I will keep as a collectible." I think like the most I paid for a sewing machine is like two fifty to three hundred, like. But yeah, I just the sewing machine fairy is real. If people know that you're sewing, they'll just be like, "Hey, I have an old sewing machine. Here you go. You can use it, right?" And then you end up with a bunch of sewing machines. And then I end up like, <laughs> then I am the sewing machine fairy, and I give the sewing machines to other people. <laughs> yeah, you miraculously manifest them on their porches. Yeah. It just is a, there's actually no new sewing machines being made. It's just the same ones going around in circles. It's, yeah, all of you are are uh, sewing machine fairies from what I can yes. tell from this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the most expensive thing that I bought. Because other expensive things I have are like action figures. So and that's a whole other different can of worms. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's something totally different. Because um. <laughs> I have like, hold on, wait, find it. Might. <laughs> I know he's a size I'm of a fo- toddler. He looks he looks heavy. He is. This is the 18-inch uh, Mega Heroes by NECA Striker Eureka from Pacific Rim, and he's like 300 bucks right now, but I found him for 100 So he Stonks, just kinda, like, people. He just lives on the ground. Well, you know. <laughs> Wake up in the middle of the night, and you're like, why is there a toddler in my room? Oh, wait, that's... Never mind. <laughs> uh, no, it's 18-inch Striker Eureka. With from LED Pacific action Rim. from Pacific Rim. <laughs> you just have to say the whole thing. And then um, I'm trying to think like the other like weird expensive thing I have is like a Shin Godzilla plushie that I've only seen sold for like 400 to a thousand dollars. And I'm like, eh, he's just going to live with me because he's stupid looking. That's fair. Yeah. I, uh, there's a guy that I talk to every once in a while who uh, he, a company he used to work at gave him a giant, like a uh, wall mounted shark head filled with Slim Jims. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I think he had to get rid of it because his wife didn't want him having it. Or get rid something. of the wife. It was a tenuous. I'm, they just, they just, they just like had a kid. I can't just tell him to do that. No. Okay, that's fine then. If anybody is know. handing out sharks full of slim jims, though, I will send you yeah. my address. This was probably like I don't know a couple years ago, but either way, so yeah, that's that's probably the that might be the weirdest thing that I know that somebody has had at some point in the past. So shouts out to him. Um, I mean, I have a lot of weird stuff. My dad brings me weird stuff sometimes, and the weirdest thing he's brought me is a prosthetic eye from the 1800s. So that's just sitting on my shelf in the other room. So one day that eyeball is going to come to life, and you, you and your entire bloodline are going to be cursed. That's that's I, what I'm already I believe cursed. To. You can't double curse. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just warning you of what's probably going to happen. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, that's. <laughs> It's just, yeah, if you had two of them, then you would really be in some deep shit. But yeah. one of them, it's fine. It, it doesn't have the activation energy of the other one, so it can't. Yeah, um, it hasn't found its friend, so it's totally benign. It's just a wooden eyeball that's chilling. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, that's, we're going to end on wooden eyeball. That's 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 how we're going <laughs> to end this. Uh, it's not going to be a hard cut. That's just how we're going to end is on wooden eyeball. So, uh, um, 
Yeah, that, that was actually everything that I had. Uh, you answered all the questions more than enough for what I needed, which is good. I got to learn a lot about what's going on here. Um, turns out there's a little bit more. I mean, I shouldn't say turns out. There's just more intermingling between your costume making community and the very, very small, quote unquote, cosplay community that I ingest media in. So that was that's fun. Yeah, the, um, the, the cosplay community and the fursuiting community is a lot bigger than you think it is to the point where I don't know what normal people do. So... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the last Comic-Con that I went to, I swear to God, there was like a conga line of like 17 to 35 fur- furry people walking around. And I was like, I was like, where yeah. did you all come from? They just show up. They yeah, they just up. show up. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the intersection there is always interesting to kind of examine. And, <laughs> you know, there's there's well, was that the right word? It doesn't like matter. Watch. But yeah, like the, the cosplay community and everything is like so big that uh, there's times where I'm just like, what do normal people do other than go to conventions? I don't know. Uh, a lot of other things. I, a lot of other kayaking. things is what people do. <laughs> yeah, kayaking, kayaking, going hiking. Maybe. Some people don't have anything and they just go to their jobs. You know, chefs, people Video who do what games. I do. Video games, pets. I've you know. played way too much Tears of the Kingdom. It's kind of embarrassing. I bought the game and I haven't done a whole lot with it yet because I've been too busy. I should get on back on that. But uh, um, I keep making dirt bikes. That's all I'm doing. And yeah, fair there's, enough. There's also like Roombas that attack things for you. So I've been strapping bombs to the Roombas. Yeah, if my friend Peter hears this, he's played Tears of the, Tears of the Kingdom. He can vouch for the veracity of that. And I'm I'm excited to see hear what he has to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now, now that we've been here for basically the allotted time that I was expecting, I want to thank you for coming on here. And thank God to the TikTok algorithm for bringing me to you, because that's how you yeah. found me. Yeah, because I was like, oh, this sounds great. I've done podcasting before. What's up? I'm here. Yeah, and I've had a ton of people who have added my videos to their favorites. And I'm like, you sons of bitches, reach out to me. Yeah, I dare please. you. And I'm very much that person that is like, I'm going to talk to everybody no matter what. And I'll be like, hey, what's up, new friend? What's up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, thank God to TikTok. And thank goodness that you're very sociable because thank goodness I haven't found anybody who's like anti-social coming on a podcast. But I guess it's probably because those people wouldn't come on anyways. So I wouldn't have to get to that awkward phase. I, Um, I talk too much. Yeah, that's like that's like the monicum of like the podcast. Like I literally think the the. I think the like the little bio for the Eye for Talent podcast on Spotify is just like my name is uh, DJ Serial Sauce and I talk too much or some shit like that. <laughs> That's um, perfect though. So, but no, this was a very good conversation. It was very Thank exciting you. to just kind of hear what's going on. Thank you for being um, just like a great, great person to talk to in general. Um, I know that it's getting kind of. I mean, you know, that's, that's, hold on. That's exactly what I want. I just want people to come on here and yap. Like the last few episodes that I've done have been long as hell. Like normally I allot an hour and 15, maybe an hour and 20. And like one Mm -hmm. of the episodes I was there for an hour and 40. And then another episode I was there for two hours and two hours. And then another one for an hour and 40. And this is probably gleaming in on an hour and a half probably. So it's been a good time. Um, But I also know that you have things you have to do. So I'm going to, I need you to tell everybody where they can find you. If that's what you want to give them. (laughs) Yeah, you can find me. Um, pull up. Um, you can find me on every. <laughs> on, just pull is that up. a threat? Just show up. No. If you if you pull up, we will go get snow cones. So it is a threat for snow cones. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad threat. It's a lot better now. Um, you can find me online just about anywhere but Facebook because I don't know how to use Facebook anymore. Um, it's Golden Relic, one word with two eyes and relic, um, and. Uh, if you go to any of my social medias, there's a link in my bio with all of my links. So I try to keep everything together. 
And if you're running around Oklahoma, I'm usually at all the local cons in Oklahoma and Oklahoma city. So come hang out. Yeah. Pull up to Oklahoma. What else is there to do in Oklahoma? I really don't know. Uh, Eat storm chase and go to conventions. All right, cool. Top three things that should be on your bucket list. uh, Anybody who goes (laughs) over there. So um, that's where you can find them. I'll have all the links in the description. So I've done like 60% of the hard work for you. Um, as I've said once before, uh, you're on my podcast, so of course I have to advertise where I'm at. Um, it's kind of the same thing if you just look up DJ Serial Sauce on any platform. Either DJ Serial Sauce is one word, with spaces, or with underscores, you will find me. And if you don't find me, I am not on there. Um, that said, I do a lot of cross-referencing in different medias that I upload because uh, that's like how you do marketing, but I'm not a marketing executive. So... Um, but yeah, that said, you can find all the links below in the description. Um, see if you can find, uh, you know, shells in, out in the, in the streets doing some weird gremlin shit. And, um, yeah, that's accurate. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be out in the wild. Um, uh, what are you going to Check gonna be, your dumpsters. Be... <laughs> I'll be in there one night. You won't even know. <laughs> <laughs>